Woo, the Golden Stallion, the man of tomorrow, Savzu, the rated R radio star here for you. We actually, well, of course, I'm not alone. And uh, this is kind of different. We're, we're in the studio for this, actually. This is a special treat. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was expecting at some point that we'd end up being in a car when we do this sort of thing. It's kind of like... We usually are in a car when yeah, we do this. For some reason. But, I mean, really, it's because it's like the only time we can really kind of squeeze it in into our, our honestly insane schedules. Yeah, um, I know. So, of course, you're hearing the voice of the lovely and hyper-intelligent Dr. Stephanie Murphy, the boss, woo, Sovereign Tech co-host. Hello, on my favorite microphone. Yeah, yeah. What, is, what, what model is that? Is that the RE20? Yeah, it's yeah. Electro Voice RE20. That's a, it's stunning. I mean, your voice is great without it, but uh, definitely, oh, thank you. definitely spices things up a little bit. So, anyway, uh, we have really, with for this is August's Relationship Rhombus show, and we got to do a sequel because we started in July, we started a story. Uh, the story is titled, Lust is Complicated, but Studies Show These 19 Things Make Men More Attractive to Women. Oh, yes. I remember this article. I was really excited to continue it because we were really going point by point and critiquing each of these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you can listen back to the relationship rhombus from uh, July. Yeah, you might as well just listen to that before you, right. <laughs> before you start this one because it's going to be a continuation. Yeah, exactly. And we ended off on wearing scented deodorant. Um, but we talked about that. I remember us talking about Old Spice. Yeah. Yes. And how Old Spice is a no-no in my yeah. book. Basically, they were saying, you know, just if you like are use just if you use like a new scent, it makes you more confident and confidence is sexy. And that that is an ab- I think that's absolutely true. Um, yeah. I mean, the opposite is certainly true. You know, when you don't think you smell good confidence goes through the floor yeah <laughs> it can unless i don't know you're into that unless but. you're unaware of it or unless yeah, unless yeah. maybe you're into it someone maybe might be into it who knows in a hippie commune or something <laughs> <laughs> which we love hippies yeah nothing uh, against hippie communes yeah folks. not at all i would no join means. one myself just so i didn't have to wear deodorant fucking right ever again or bras <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, we're going to go on to the next one and kind of sticking on the, the point of sense of smell, um, chow down on garlic. What? Yeah. And I don't know Wait, how far that we, makes I think we're 10 or 11 more in, attractive. Maybe. Yeah. If you eat garlic. I know. And, and what's, well, here, let me read it. Garlic okay. is like nature's Viagra. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> but let me tell you. All right. Hold on. Let's read this. The smell of garlic on your breath is generally generally regarded as an instant romance killer. But a recent series of studies from researchers at Charles University and the National Institute of Mental Health in the Czech Republic and the University of Sterling in the United Kingdom, holy shit, suggests a different story when it comes to body odor. In one study, eight men ate a slice of bread with cheese and 12 grams of fresh garlic. Another eight, eight, bre- uh, another eight bread and cheese without any garlic. For the, they, they kind of, did a funny spelling thing there for the next 12 hours the men wore cotton pads under their armpits and were instructed not to use any deodorants or fragrances the following day all the men returned to the lab where 40 women sniffed the pads and rated the odor on pleasant pleasantness attractiveness oh, masculinity boy. and intensity one of these studies okay. like how are you supposed to sniff a little pad right and think oh he seems very masculine <laughs> Well, let's let's finish up the sentence. Results showed that the garlic group was rated more pleasant and attractive and less masculine and intense. Less masculine? More pleasant and attractive so it and makes, less masculine So it and makes intense. you a pretty soy boy, basically. It makes you a, 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 a feminine dude, yeah. but more attractive 
regardless. I mean, that's it, very interesting. Yeah, you raise a great point about how, <laughs> like, okay, how do you like even rate that kind of study? Like, seriously, uh, yeah. like you really have to use your imagination when yeah. sniffing these things. But it's a funny thing. So I love garlic. You love garlic. I eat garlic every day. I, right. I just ate some right just a few minutes ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I don't mind. The sm- Actually, I kind of like the smell. I yeah. mean, it's almost like, oh no, this person takes their health seriously in a yeah. way for me, but. Admittedly, I do, and I've heard you as well, always apologize to people when we're about to have like a ton of garlic or something. You know, now sometimes the person will say, oh, no, no, don't worry, I love garlic too, you know, or whatever. That's but, how you know they're not a vampire. Well said. Uh-huh. That's what makes This so is actually like a secret test that people have to pass. <laughs> I go to dinner it. full of garlic, and then I say, oh, Sorry about the garlic. Yeah. You don't mind, do you? And then if they say, oh, no, I love garlic, then they passed. But if they say, I can't have garlic, <laughs> and then they shrivel into a pillar of stone and disappear and turn into dust. It, it'd, be so much easier. <laughs> it'd be so much easier just to have a mirror where you don't see the reflection. Right. You know? Yeah, that's probably a better to way to or, improve ooh. that test. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> well, you know. Brian, I don't know how this works for women because this is geared toward the patriarchy. This is uh-huh. geared toward like making men seem more attractive than to women. I guess that's not patriarchal necessarily, but this is just focused on men, you know, how men can be more attractive. Yeah. But you and I have a little thing about this where since I mentioned I eat garlic every day, yeah. I, I chop it up when I cook my dinner. Yes. And uh, sometimes oh. it, it gets all over my hands. Yeah. And then later, even though I wash my hands, yeah. you know, we're in bed together yeah. and you're like, what is that garlic smell? And it turns out it's like in my fingers. It's like right. in my hands. And if my hand gets too close to your face, you'll get a whiff of it. Now, how do you feel when that happens? Do you feel more attracted to me? Does it make me seem more feminine? You know, personally, like, it, it's it's such a... I think it's just a smell I'm not used to in bed that... Yeah, that's a little confusing. It kind of throws me off. Yeah, and, that's and like I'm not going to say it's crossed. bad because <laughs> I, I've never, like, smelled... I, well... Other than like after a workout or something like that, and even then I wouldn't call it bad. I call it the smell of success. But I've never, I've never, yes. I've never smelled a bad smell from you. You know, oh, so thank you. Yeah, so I can't really say like, and I wouldn't call the garlic smell bad either. It's just like when you smell it in bed, like next to your pillow, you're like, wait, what the hell? Yeah, that I could see that that would throw you off. Yeah. You want to smell like lavender in bed. You want to yes. smell flowers. Everything should smell like lavender. Even pumpkin spice wouldn't be bad. No, it wouldn't be bad at all. <laughs> Pumpkins, pumpkins, the smell of pumpkin spice. I talked about this on Sovereign Tech years ago. Um, that is one of nature's little uh, uh, bits of, um, of Viagra. That is nature's Viagra. Yeah, it really is. Like, mm. it, it'll get a guy going. It increases uh, penile blood flow. Fuck yes. Oh, I love pumpkin spice. Holy shit. Anyway, but, though, I'll tell you. Yeah. Price Chopper, their brand of coffee is usually pretty good. In fact, there's one in particular, Cinnamon Snickerdoodle. Never met anybody that didn't like it, even though you don't like the smell of coffee, Stephanie. Speaking of bad smells. Yeah, that's no exception. Yeah, um, but their pumpkin spice coffee, horrible. It's weak, it's, right? Yeah. You don't even I, taste the pumpkin spice. No, and, and I mean, it just, it literally tastes, I mean, like, it just feels like brown water, you know, and oh. yeah, it's so bad. I, what I, a crime. It is, you know, it is. I'll let's find just, a better brand. Let's just put it this way. There is no pumpkin spice in that latte. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, you know, I got to say with this garlic thing, right, it's funny because a lot of these in this 19 list... A lot of it is about how to seem more masculine and intense, but this is saying that it was more attractive because it's less masculine. 
in intensity? Yeah, you know, I think that's a thing. What? Yeah. Go what, ahead. Go what, ahead. Okay. I'll I'll go first and then I want to hear what you're thinking. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I was thinking um, there there are actually studies on women finding basically gay men attractive or men that look feminine. Sure. Like when men look feminine, they tend to be like pretty boys, you know? Yeah. And the, the trick is, I guess, to make a balance <laughs> and every every woman who's attracted to men this is so fucked up but <laughs> every yeah. woman who's attracted to men is different but you know some of them like uh you know like a little bit of balance of the feminine and the, and the masculine sure. like feminine enough to be like metrosexual kind of like paying attention to their appearance and yeah. a little bit of like like a twinkle in their eye or something like that but also masculine with like a beard or stubble or something like that yeah 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 right 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 yeah good point i don't know people's attractions are so weird well i mean this is kind of weird to be talking about like how to how because this whole story is how men can seem more attractive to women and when i'm basically doing this show with with a lesbian plus one you know <laughs> which yeah is it fair of me to say that because uh, we can so, edit it out if well, you want. Well, no, that's a big thing. I mean, that's that's kind of a whole other topic. But all right, we'll save that for another time. Maybe yeah. somebody will ask. Wait, what do you mean by that? Well, I'll explain it quick. I mean, I've been thinking a lot lately about my sexual, my orientation, and like how to label it. Yeah. And um, you know, I've pretty much called myself bisexual since I was in my twenties, and even doing that was a big deal. Like being not straight, coming mm-hmm. out as not straight, acknowledging what I always was, but. Um, you know, just claiming it and owning it. That was a big step. But I don't know, lately, I feel my attractions shifting more to where to the point where I've called myself like a lesbian leaning bisexual. I don't think the thing is like, it's rare that I'm attracted to men. Mm -hmm. So rare, in fact, that, you know, Brian, you're pretty much the only one I'm attracted to right now. And um, like, it's just it's so hard to get me interested in a man <laughs> I don't know. it's just like yeah. it's to, to the point where it's like i don't know if this is ever going to happen and um that's fine because i think largely men are trouble you know in, mm-hmm. in many of them mm-hmm. not all of course but no, sure. you know a lot of men are are uh you know there's risks when you get involved with a man anyway um the, the phrase lesbian plus one means pretty much a person that's a lesbian, but they have like one a guy. male partner, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing because I don't think I can rightly call myself a lesbian, but I'm also I'm almost there. Yeah, know? right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very like I'm there when it comes to being attracted to women. Yeah, not being ashamed of it, owning yeah. it. You know, like I think it wouldn't be inaccurate to describe my attractions that way, at least at this point in time. As lesbian plus one. As lesbian. As lesbian. But yeah, the thing okay. is, I have you, Brian. Right. You're my life partner, and I'm not breaking up with you. Damn it, I'm not, holding the whole thing up. We're not going up anywhere. No. So, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I, it's, you know, I'm happy to be your partner. Sure. And if it makes it a little more confusing to figure out what to call myself, that's okay. I, I accept that. I'm glad to have a wonderful partner. Well, it's a great way and to start It doesn't matter what gender they are, you know. Yeah, I, right on. I'm, I just found a person that I'm in love with, and I'm very happy about that. And, um... So, yeah, I don't know. That's what I've been thinking about. I've heard that term before. Like, there are women out there who call themselves lesbians, but they're married to a man. Yeah, or right. Or they've got a boyfriend or something like that. Yeah. And then when people are like, hey, what's up with that? I thought a lesbian didn't have sex with men or be with men. 
Um, I thought lesbians were women who love women <laughs> and only women. <laughs> um, they're like, oh, yeah, well, I am a lesbian, but just plus one. There's one exception. Yeah, right. right you know? right. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. And I, I think lesbians probably might roll their eyes at that a little bit. Sure. And they have every right to, because it's like, no, that's not what the word means, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't want to piss off lesbians, and I also want to find a way that's that I'm able to describe myself that makes me feel seen, you know, mm-hmm. at for who I am and what I am. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's just something I've been thinking about lately. Sure, there it is. Yeah, interesting thing to talk about. Yeah. So uh, the point I was going to bring up with this list, with the garlic thing, is that about, you know, smelling less masculine. Yeah. Um, I think lavender might be the greatest smell the world has ever created, or like the, that the universe has ever created. Uh, and, like, that's not, I don't find that to be a masculine smell. But I've certainly gotten compliments when, because I use, a, like, a lavender deodorant, uh, on purpose, obviously. And you I'm, make it smell masculine somehow. Well, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying I've gotten compliments. <laughs> How compl- do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I've gotten compliments on wearing that Yeah. Uh, by women. Yeah, and yeah. so, you know, maybe there's something to this, like that, that, that a certain scent can be less masculine, but then physically you know, maybe you want to be all on. I don't know. It's how it combines with your body chemistry, too. I think. Yeah, sure. Because you, you ever had this experience, ladies, you'll know what I'm talking about. You put on, you go to the mall, you put on a perfume. Yeah. The the sales clerk, this doesn't usually happen anymore because there are fewer and fewer malls and fewer and fewer samples of perfume being given. But, mm-hmm. in the, you know, in the time when this, this took place, would you ever go to the mall with your friend and then the clerk would say, oh, would you like to try this perfume? And... They'd spray it on you, and they would spray it on your friend, and you'd smell yourself, and you'd smell your friend, and it would smell like two different scents yeah, right. on both of you. Yeah, cause... Well, that's because the perfume combines with your own scent, your right. natural scent, your body chemistry. Right. And so I think natural uh, herbs and stuff, natural fragrances are the same exact way, of course, right? Yeah. So garlic or lavender could smell very different on someone like you, Brian, than someone like me. And in sure. fact, yeah, like when I smell your lavender deodorant, it doesn't smell like lavender exactly. It's it smells kind of different. I think because it's combining with your scent. Shit. All right. Well. <laughs> it's good. I mean, it's definitely. I can see why people compliment you on hmm. it. But. Okay. Well, there it is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the garlic thing. Good. Eat up the garlic. I guess. Yeah. You know, just maybe have. Some it also nearby. like acts as a blood thinner and lowers your cholesterol. Oh, it's super it? healthy for yeah. you. It's a wonderful thing to to, to consume. Um, okay, let's go on to the next one. Yeah, sure. Do volunteer work. Ooh, so that makes you more sexy. Yeah. Let me... You know, I can see that. I can see that. I think it's sexy. You know, this reminds me of something. Okay. <laughs> I had a professor in college. Oh, boy. Who was a, a nerd, of course, like all college professors, pretty much. <laughs> sure. Um, it wasn't like he was a young, hot professor. He was like a middle-aged, you know, balding bearded man with glasses and he was he was he taught organic chemistry and you know i will i liked him i i wasn't attracted to him or anything but i connected with him because i really liked that class i i just loved organic chemistry okay and uh you know i think one time i ran into him at the library and um i was talking to him about something because i was tutoring for this for his class and Uh so we were talking about how the tutoring was going and he said something like well I'd like to hear more about this, but I have to go because I'm going to 
my Habitat for Humanity meeting. Uh-huh. We've been building houses for people in the Pioneer Valley. Sure. And uh, it's going really well. And for one second, I looked at him a little differently. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's really cool that he does that. And I think it did enhance his attractiveness in my eyes. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose the question becomes, too, is was it because he's doing volunteer work or because he's doing construction? But no. Well, I, don't, <laughs> I didn't even get the sense that he was doing the construction. I uh-huh. think he was just orchestrating a team. Oh, sure. And then the team of college kids actually builds the house. Uh, but he was, okay. just, he was just like the team leader. Well, maybe. But even that was sexy. Sure. I guess. Yeah, no, I, I, at first blush when I hear this, like there's a part of me that says, uh-uh. But then, there, I mean, but granted, this is supposed to be how to make yourself more men to make themselves more attracted to women, not like guys supposed to be attracted to. I don't know. Anyway, but then there's a part of me that's like, yeah, you know, for me with the opposite sex, volunteer work would be kind of, you know, I could dig that. Yeah, for sure. You know, like, the, I don't it know. It shows that they have the luxury of thinking about other people, you know. Yeah, and there's a go-getter kind of attitude about it totally. that I find very attractive. Yeah, so, that's yeah. a positive quality. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt that you've volunteered for free aid uh oh, i volunteered for, for more than free aid yeah I oh mean, yeah i know you've done plenty other organizations too yeah yeah so i'm gonna say yeah i'm, I'm gonna say yes to this but let's read about it uh, a 2013 study from uk researchers found that women find men more appealing when they do volunteer work about 30 women looked at a picture of a man with a brief description of his hobbies which sometimes included volunteer work the same procedure was repeated with about 30 men looking at a picture of a woman Everyone rated how they how attractive they found the person pictured for a short and long-term relationship. Uh, both genders rated the person pictured as more attractive for a long-term relationship when they were described as a volunteer, but the effect was stronger for women rating men. So, okay, so now, so me feeling that way too, that volunteer work is more attractive uh, for women, to, to women, like that's obviously bears out that in this study up, as well. Yeah. So that's interesting. But I, I, men still care more about what she looks like and how old she is, I'm right. sure, than whether she volunteers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do you, I don't know. What do you think is kind of behind that a bit more? I mean, do you, any, any thought of what's behind the volunteer work? I think it shows that it's like a lot of things. It's like getting your nails done. It's like uh, wearing ridiculous shoes. Uh-huh. It shows that you have the luxury to do that. Yeah. You have your own basic needs taken care of. Right. So you have extra resources that you can share with someone else in need. Right. And that's sexy because it makes you look like you have so many resources that you don't even need them all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's why it's attractive. Bravo. Nice. Or it, maybe it just shows like they're a good person, you know? Yeah. Because it is considered like a virtue to do oh, volunteering. Sure. Sure. Right? sure. Yeah. I mean, Ayn Rand would flip out, but otherwise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I think it also... When you've, if you've, if you've had this experience, you know that mm-hmm. when you do volunteer on a meaningful project, it contributes to your personal growth. You know, it changes you in some ways. It makes yeah. you humble. It makes you grateful for what you have. Yeah. And those are attractive qualities in a partner because it shows that they're more emotionally healthy. I wonder, like, do you think, I mean, now Sovereign Tech makes some degree of money. You know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, nothing crazy. Okay. Uh, but for a long time, it made zero. Yeah. Or next to zero. Like, it was enough to maybe fund, you know, the website and stuff like that. Or, you know, you know, back the website and whatever. Um, I mean, would that come off as, like, volunteer work? <laughs> well, that's a good question. I don't think so now because you have sponsors. 
Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you have a Patreon. Yeah. But at first, like if you weren't trying to, you know what comes off, you know what podcast comes off as volunteering to me mm-hmm. is The Voluntary Life. Yeah, that's volunteering. Yeah, but, because Jake has never tried to make any money off of it. He's literally just sharing his wisdom. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. Um, that really does come off as volunteer work to me. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, anyway. Yeah, um, move on to the next one. Sure. Show off your scars. Oh. Um, your scars? Yeah, let's, let's read it first. Okay. That scar on your chin from when you fell off a bike could help you attract a mate. In a 2009 oh study, researchers at the University of Liverpool and the University of Stirling took photos of 24 male and 24 female undergrads. They digitally manipulated half the image so the subjects appeared to have facial scars. For example, a line on the person's forehead that looked like the result of an injury. When the researchers recruited another group of about 200 heterosexual male and female undergrads to rate all the people pictured based on attractiveness for both short and long-term relationships... Results showed that men with scars appeared slightly more attractive for short-term relationships than men without scars. Women, on the other hand, were perceived as equally attractive regardless of whether they had scarred faces. Um, how do you feel about this? Oh, it just sounds like a bad boy thing. Oh, he yeah, must right. be a bad boy getting into fights. And yeah, right. Get, who knows what he's getting up to with these scars? Oh, yeah. sexy. <laughs> Um, I, I actually, um, I think this works. I, I hate to admit it, but I think this works unconsciously because I do notice, yeah. especially on people's faces, I notice scars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, ooh, that's interesting. I wonder how he got that scar. Yeah, right. You know, as long as it's not like disfiguring, you know, yeah. but if it's a little one, sure. Yeah. That I think that does give someone a little bit of character shows that they've had experiences, maybe right. taken risks or something like that. Right. Uh, that led to them getting scars and they've come back from it. So, yeah, I'll admit I've always wanted a scar kind of like, um, uh, like Anakin Skywalker where he had like one kind of right over the eye that, you know, I don't know, just, just sort of, I don't know. Gives, gives it, I, I mean, I think even as a man that like, it does give kind of a badassery. It gives mm. like, you know, this person's, had experiences or something like that. Um, I'm tempted to ask you a question that that kind of could go down a dark, like that. That's kind of dark. <laughs> oh, okay. Because it has to do with me. Okay. And and a scar. Oh yeah, I know the one you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Okay. And 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 I'm. I just want. I want to put it out there that like I'm comfortable talking about this and that you know say whatever you want and even you know laughter and other things are are acceptable to me in talking about it. But I kind of want to know like if we're talking about scars. You know, if this is a thing, like, you know, you don't have to be dire about it is my point. Um, so uh, when I was in the U.S. military, um, I'm not going to tell the whole story, mm-hmm. but I was shot. Uh, and uh, fortunately, obviously, I'm behind the mic. I lived through it. Um, it's on my uh, left side. and Of your abdomen. Yeah, of my abdomen. Um, and there's, there's a fairly well pronounced scar. You know, that that that's there that shows where where it went, you know, the entry. Um, and. I mean, I, I guess I'm asking you to be honest, like, I mean, did, did that do you think that that had any bearing on attractiveness of, of of any way or like, is this really just a facial scar thing? And I know it's a tough thing to kind of talk about, but I'm, I'm curious. So I I think um, it is a facial scar thing because I never had the opportunity to see your scar until, until I knew you fairly well. Yeah. And you never told me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when I see that, like, by the time I saw it, I knew what it was. Yeah, yeah. So I never really had a chance to form an opinion about it, not knowing right. how you got it. Right. Uh, it's, so it's hard for me to say, like, if I just saw, if I just saw that, what would I think of it? Yeah. Because I don't really know. Yeah. But because I know what it is, what it is, and what it's from, and what it means to you, mm-hmm. um, I feel, I guess, like a mixed mixture of feelings when I see it. Mm-hmm. I feel sad that you experienced that trauma sure and that you have a mark of the trauma on you and in a way it represents that you always will have trauma that you're going to carry from the from that whole time in your life yeah i mean this is never going away no it's never going away it's part of you Mm -hmm. now but it also means that you have healed from it mostly as best you can Mm -hmm. and that you're still alive and you're still here despite um having been through some serious stuff yeah, yeah. Okay. No, so it makes me grateful that you're here, obviously. Sure, sure, and I appreciate that. Yeah, okay. I mean, I was just kind of curious if that was like a like a, like a a thing. Yeah. I don't know. You know where it's really obvious when people have scars is like if they have a beard and they have like a scar in the area that the, oh, beard, where the beard is where covered the hair. with hair. Yeah, good point. And, you know, usually they get those scars from shaving yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like is it a botched shaving experiment or right. something gone wrong there. But right. it still looks badass because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's highlighted by the beard or the facial hair. Yeah, absolutely. Some people have scars on their eyebrows because of like sports. Usually oh, when yeah. they get conked on the head with a ball, a baseball or something like that. That. Yep. Um, that's interesting when they have that. Yeah. Uh, I've never really seen someone with a scar like over their eye. I feel like that would be pr- kind of dramatic. Like, I think a little scar, l- less is more when it comes to facial scars. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, like, and I, I, I have scars on my knees from jumps and like that. I mean, those you never notice. And that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. like why would somebody look at your knees? You know, geez, boy, those are some sexy knees right I have there. A, I think I have a scar on my knee. Yeah, sure. I have a scar. <laughs> Maybe this is too much information. Whoa, you're in the TMI. <laughs> Go for it. I have a scar in my bush <laughs> from a shaving mishap as well. <laughs> <laughs> Lovey. Uh, yeah. I tell you. Yeah, it's <laughs> well, not sexy. No, it's really I, not. I never, never bothered me. Not for a second. So anyway, I'll point it out to you next time. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, there you go. Scars. That's the story. Um, Okay. Let's get on to the next one here. Uh, Use open body language in your online dating photo. Um, Yeah. Open body language. Open body language. Yeah. That means shoulders facing and hips facing the camera. Ah. Right. Arms not crossed. Arms by your sides. Okay. Well, let's let's read it here, and then we got one more after this. Wide stance. I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. A 2016 study from researchers at the University of California, Berkeley, Stanford University, University of Texas at Austin, and Northwestern University. Jesus Christ. Uh, suggests that we're that we're more attracted to people who display expansive body language. In one experiment included in the study, the researchers created profiles for three men and three women on a GPS-based dating app. In one set of profiles, the men and women were pictured in contractive positions, for example, by crossing their arms or hunching their shoulders. On the other set of profiles, the same men and women were pictured in expansive positions, like holding their arms upward in a V or reaching out to grab something. Results showed that people in expansive postures were selected as potential dates more often than those in contractive postures. This effect was slightly larger for women selecting men. So I, I think that that makes sense. And it, and honestly, I think it just comes, it's a confidence thing. 
Yeah. It's a total absolutely. confidence thing. Um, in fact, I remember um, in the movie, the documentary, uh, Pumping Iron with Arnold Schwarzenegger. There's a point where he's a little guy, like this little, I mean, this guy, I mean, he had better definition than I, I'll probably ever have. Um, but it was this kind of smaller guy, probably like five, seven, five, eight, something like that, you know, and Arnold's whatever, six, four or something. And he's asking Arnold for advice. Like what, what are some tricks that I can do? Cause I'm going to my first bodybuilding competition. And Arnold says, he says, you know what he says, the problem is, is like a lot of little guys, they want to kind of hide themselves and they want to show off the size of their muscles compared to the smallness of their body, but they don't, it doesn't let them look confident. He says, so just put it all out there. Show them the, he says, show them the whole thing. You know, he's like, he's showing them how to do like this really wide, uh, kind of, you know, muscle beach stretch. Mm -hmm. Okay. For a pose. And, and I, and, and, and I think it, that's totally what it was about. It was about confidence. Then in fact, the size of the muscles weren't as important as the confidence that the person on stage is portraying. Yeah. And I think this is the same thing. I think this is the same idea that if you're kind of like contracting or something, or even if you're crossing your arms, that's generally considered in most cultures uh, to be like a, an authoritarian uh, position or defensive. Yeah. Or defensive. Yeah. And so you're pretty much coming off either strong or, you know, like, or not strong, but you're coming off as domineering. Yeah. Either way you're coming off in an unattractive pose. Um, so yeah, yeah. Being like outgoing, you know, just, just oozes confidence in a picture. I could really see that. So, I mean, do you have any other thoughts on it, Stephanie? Yeah. I mean, I just, I think it's communicating a message maybe unconsciously that you believe that you deserve to take up space in the world, ah, ha, ha. you know, instead of shrinking down into yourself to take up as little space as possible because sure. you don't feel like you deserve it. Sure. I think that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So anything else on that one? No, I mean, I think I agree. Uh, open body language is always just a great idea to make yourself more approachable to people. Yeah. And a, being a, being seen as approachable makes you more attractive, too. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Because you don't want to be intimidating people. Right? No. no you, want yeah. people to be, you want people to see you and think, oh, they look easy to talk to. Sure. You know, I feel like I could talk to them. Sure. Absolutely. So, all right. So, I mean, that leads well into, I think this is the last one. Um, look proud. Ooh. A 2011 University of British Columbia study revealed a curious finding. Heterosexual men and women prefer different emotional expressions on potential mates. In one experiment included in the study, researchers had nearly 900 North American adults uh, look at photos of opposite sex individuals online. The researchers were specifically comparing people's perceptions of expressions of pride, happiness, shame, and neutrality. Uh, other people had already identified the emotion behind the expression in the photo. For women evaluating men, the most appealing expression was pride, and the least appealing was happiness. Even weirder, an expression of shame was relatively attractive on both men and women. Now, that last part, I want to, I want to talk about that separately. Because uh, I think there might be something there. But the idea that looking proud was sexier than looking happy. Um, that's a, that's very interesting. What do you think about that, Stephanie? I don't know what to think about that. <laughs> I mean, so, okay, what they said about pride and shame both being attractive. I feel like pride and shame are the opposite of each other. They are. I mean, by because by, right, yeah. like that's why you have pride, the gay pride parade, right? Where Instead the LGBT, of being 
Because, yeah, instead of being ashamed of being queer, yeah. you're, you're proud of it. Yeah, right. Pride is the opposite of shame. Sure. So what's going on there? I have no idea. I can't even begin to guess. Yeah. So, I mean, with pride, I think that that instead of happiness, pride can pride says a lot more than happiness does. Right. Because a pauper can be happy, you know, as to where pride kind of like shows off accomplishment as well as uh, happiness. Like happiness is kind of baked into it, I think, in a way. Um, so, yeah, I could see where pride over happiness could really be a thing, even though, of course, the primary goal in life is to be happy. So that that should stand for something. Um, but I, I can kind of get it how looking proud can do that, you know, looking accomplished and all that. That gets more to that confidence, which is really what all of this is about. Like all 19 of these at the end of the day are really about confidence, um, I think. Even the garlic is about confidence <laughs> because you got to be confident to say, no, you know, what? I can eat a whole fucking clove of garlic. And I'll still walk out with a girlfriend, you know, or something like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll come out smelling roses. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, all of these have to do with confidence. Now, the interesting thing about shame, here's, I think this is twisted. I can believe it. And, but the, the thing that's twisted about it is I think that the reason that a person with shame is attractive, it can go one of a couple ways. One is, is that you feel empathy for the person, um, you know, and so there's like a care and you want to like do something about it because of that shame mm -hmm. or it's because, oh, this is someone I can dominate. Yeah, that's you know? right. And, and that can be a very attractive position, uh, you know, as well for some people. That's what I was thinking when they said women looking ashamed. I'm like, oh, that certain men are going to see that and think, oh, she's a dirty girl and she knows it, you know? Yeah, something like that. Right. And so so I can really get and even on men, you know, like it can be a thing. I mean, because there's women that that dominate men. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm not saying anything earth shattering there. Uh, so, yeah, I I mean, because or, like that's the funny thing with shame is that it's something that can either be dominated by someone else or it's something that could be empathized with. Or, you know, like, and, and empathy, one could argue that's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum of domination. It doesn't necessarily mean it's submission, so I don't want to call it that. But it is on the other end of the spectrum away from domination. So if people are either, you know, a top or a bottom or something like that, both of them would feel an attraction and an affinity, I think, to shame. Uh, which is, I don't know, it's interesting. So I, I, I'm like... It's weird, but I'm also at the same time kind of not shocked that that's that that's a thing. So anyway, well, there you have it, folks. <laughs> yeah, there is our 19. That's that's our list. That was actually more interesting than I thought it would get, it would be. Yeah, and some of that, and do listen to last month's relationship rhombus, really, because yeah, we, we talked in depth about the first half. <laughs> yeah, and and some of it was shockingly like the the, the biggest one that I thought. And and you agreed that that's like actually a thing are like some of the signals of when like a gal is, is into you, like the covering of the mouth with a giggle. Oh, yeah. And stuff like that. that like, was, that was interesting. Yeah. yeah because once you, you know, at first you're like, no, 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 that can't be true. And then you think about it, you go, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's interesting evolutionary evidence behind it, too. So, yeah, you definitely want to listen to that. Don't just listen to uh, to this one. How are we doing on time on the recording? So we usually don't go much uh, much above an hour um, when we record these, or we go around an hour. You know, Brian, that's a good question, and I can't see exactly because I don't have my glasses on. So oh. I'm going to get up and get All back right. to you on that. You, you go ahead. You get up and you take a good look 
uh, while I take a look at it. We are uh, oh, at 36 minutes. 36 minutes. All right. So that, that was going to have bearing on as to what we were going to do next. Oh, cool. Okay. So I want to, what I want to do actually now, I did have a story that I was going to cover, but maybe you're going to be on an episode of Sovereign Tech in the near future. Maybe. We'll see. Uh-huh. Uh, that we can cover that there, or I'll just talk about it because it's really been in the Sovereign Tech Prime show notes for a little while. Anyway, um, I... So I want to talk about a recent craze of yours, <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie. Are you saying I'm crazed? No, I'm, I'm just saying craze? That, like you've really, <laughs> you've really, really latched on to a certain something. Okay. And, and I want to talk about this. So not that the, some of this isn't new because we've talked about this like on sex and science hour and some other shows. Um, there is a show that kind of started this whole thing. We're going to talk about television shows. We're going to talk about reality TV shows, reality relationship TV shows. Okay. Yeah. And these are really like, this is a booming economy and and I (laughs) I will explain, allow me to explain just how booming it fucking is. Okay. Because Star Trek with all the Star Trek series that are here and that are to come has nothing on what these shows are putting out there as far as like sequel shows, side shows and you know, it's a sideshow, all right, uh, but <laughs> uh, it's the but, greatest show. Uh, n- no, <laughs> I dare not sully that movie with uh, anyway. No, uh, so okay, um, yeah, you. So there was a show, Married at First Sight, which you got into a few years ago. Um, yeah, and this kind of started the whole thing because you started watching that, and then you find out that these networks like Lifetime. Or what used to be the Learning Channel, which it sure as fuck ain't that anymore. Yeah, TLC. Uh, yeah, TLC. Um, you know, like these two networks share these kinds of shows. They have uh, a lot of shows like it. So just to explain for anybody who doesn't know what Married at First Sight is, it is kind of exactly what it sounds like. It's a reality show where psychological experts arrange marriages between American couples and they're all heterosexual couples yeah and they don't meet each other until their wedding day the first time they see their spouse is at their own wedding yeah so they're married at first sight (laughs) right and i mean this is you know call it what it is and and they've in recent seasons uh they've admitted to it this is arranged marriages straight up like yes uh, this is they call it a modern take on arranged marriage right and uh, after eight weeks of being documented and filmed, so they filmed the, the wedding, the honeymoon, them meeting each other's families, moving in together, doing their budgets and stuff like that, yeah. um, fighting a lot, because <laughs> of course they're getting to know each other. It's a stranger when you marry them. Yeah. They, uh, they document that process for two months, eight weeks after their wedding. Yeah. And then they ask them, okay, now you have to make a decision. Do you want to stay married? Or do you want to get a divorce? Right. And they they say very clearly throughout the process, divorce is the only way out. This is a legally binding marriage. Right. So this is the real deal. This is not a dress rehearsal. Yeah. And they they think the idea is that by starting out with that commitment or being locked in, depending on how you want to look at it, um, <laughs> they will not give up so easily when they hit a small roadblock as to where if they're dating, they just run away. Yeah. If they were dating and there's, there were no stakes, whatever, you know, you just keep swiping and, you know, find someone new. Yeah. But if they're married, they have to try really hard to work out their communication to get along and to grow in love together. Yes. So, 
we're not going to talk about that show, like review that show here, because okay. we've done that before yep. in in other other you know on Sex and Science Hour and other places. It's a very popular show. They're on like their seventh season or something like that. Yeah, I and and I I said it on on Sex and Science Hour, and I'll say it here. Like I despise the show. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> Tell me about why you hate the show. <laughs> so, like, I get the entertainment value of it. To to say nothing of how degrading that is to humanity, <laughs> but along with arranged marriages, I mean, like that whole concept is just anathema to anything remotely like love, even though they claim that they're making it about love in the show. Um, A, so many of the problems, and we'll get into more about this when we get to the actual show that I want to review. Mm-hmm. A, so many of the problems are solely a, a byproduct of monogamy. That doesn't mean monogamy is inherently bad. It's not. I am just saying that so much of what they're complaining about could be so easily resolved if we weren't such sticklers about you're not allowed to look at another woman. You're not allowed to fantasize about this. You're not allowed to do this, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so many problems would go away if that wasn't part of the program uh, with 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 this. And, And that just drives me nuts. You know, now the other part that drives me nuts is the very concept of marriage itself. Um, I think is so constraining. I think that the very notion of signing a contract for love, I mean, you know, you want to give me a rubbery one, you, like that, that's, that's how it happens. You know, oh, like, they don't even pretend it's about love at the beginning. They just match no. people and they hope that they'll fall in love. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it, like, okay, I'm going to prove that I love you. And the only way I can do that is by putting a wedding ring on your finger and signing a contract. That's, fucking insane and it's no wonder people have no concept of what love actually is uh today yeah you know i think there are lots of so there are fifty thousand people that that Mm. auditioned for the newest season of the show it's Uh i mean just the idea that that many people within a city within like dallas texas would be willing to put their entire life in the hands of a, a so-called expert, right? Yeah. Like, what are their credentials, right? Who are these experts? <laughs> you know, they're psychologists and religious people, you know, pastors and stuff like that. But, like, so many people are willing to put their entire life in the hands of someone else to match them to be married with somebody. Right. And so many of these people are just like, they're really romanticizing the idea of marriage. You know, they have an yeah. idea of what it means to be married that... I don't think necessarily lines up with reality. No. And often they, their ideas about marriage follow a lot of really serious tropes and definitely conventional gender norms. Right. That's one of the biggest things that gets me about these shows. Yes. Just, especially with, with Married at First Sight. That's just the, the conventional gender norms are, ooh wee, they're thick, you know? Yeah, exactly. The people don't even realize it. Yeah. And, you know? Yeah, and and that's that's kind of what I mean by like the the, the reliance upon monogamy in in that is is the sticking to to gender norms and traditions and all this stuff. And I mean they they've never had a lesbian couple, a gay couple. They've never had any of that. Well, they re- they responded to that. They've been asked that question of why don't you why uh-huh. do you only have heterosexual couples? And they said because they separate people by gender to do the screening. Oh right right and right. And that if if they had everybody in the same room, there's a chance that people could start meeting each other and they might meet. The, they might actually see the person that they were going to marry before yeah. they were supposed to, and it would ruin the whole premise. Oh, this is so so nuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what's and what's 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 so funny about it? Again, this show has spawned like uh, 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 sister shows. 
there's uh, second chances, married at first sight, second chances, where somebody that that <laughs> ended up getting divorced, divorced at the end of married at first sight gets was, another chance. They were doing like a bachelor bachelorette kind of show, yeah, like a show that, like The Bachelor, where the they bachelorette. start dating like thirty people and then they have to narrow it down. <laughs> but that's the thing is that they show the whole sham that this is because. All right, so then like they'll have a guy and a gal, one guy, one gal in the second chances show where they have to choose between 30 people. The whole time they're having to choose, and they're like, and it's hard for them because they're saying, oh, shit, I've got feelings for this person. I have feelings for this person. I have feelings for this person. Then date them all, you know, <laughs> like, like just date them all. Like, if, it, I mean, because I think that they're serious and or I want to think that they're serious, that no, they really have strong feelings for this person and they have strong feelings for that person and this person and that person and that person. They're showing you. Don't bother getting married. Just like, you know, go ahead and have relations with all of them. It's, it's, it's just, it's hilarious. It's so in plain sight that, that they're full of crap. Everything that they're, that they're peddling on this show. So anyway, um, now there's other shows that you've gotten into recently, like 90 day fiance, which I think we'll save a review of that for another time. But this has turned into like a whole, yeah, there's several different shows. Yeah, of that. I mean, there's 90, 90 Day... 90 Day Fiancé, the original show, is about Americans who have international relationships where they're dating somebody from a different country. Right. And they want to get married so that their partner can live in the U.S. with them. Right. And, of course, there are themes that come up of people using other people for a green card. Yeah. The family doesn't trust this foreigner. There's cultural differences. The families don't get along. Right. That kind of thing. Or they have visa issues and they right. can't actually do the immigration. They break up. So there's all kinds of issues that come up. It's very entertaining. Yeah. Now, I'll admit, like, I can kind of, like, this is one I can watch a little more. Like, well, all right, I can watch one of them. Like, I can watch 90 Day Fiance, the original series. I can't watch 90 Day Fiance Voyager. Um, I can't watch Deep Space 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> and I can't watch 90 Day Fiance The Next Generation. And they have that. Uh, and they pretty much have that. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, they have each... 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days. Right. About before they get engaged. Because actually, back up. The reason it's called 90 Day Fiance is because there is a type of visa the called the visa. K-1 visa, yeah. which is the also known as the Fiance visa. Right. Where somebody can, if they're dating internationally... The person's partner can come to the U.S. on a K-1 visa right. for, and then they have 90 days in which they have to get married or else the person has to leave the country if they don't get married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why it's called 90 Day Fiance. Right. But then they have 90 Day Fiance happily ever after. Question mark. Question mark. <laughs> yeah. Which happens like follows couples after they've been married for a couple years. Right. Uh, they have 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days. Right. Which means they're just dating. They're just trying to decide whether they want to get engaged it's, and apply for this visa. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, this is just, it's, it, it's this huge market. It's crazy what 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 they're doing. You know. Oh my god! You should see how many people comment. There are these groups on Facebook where there's thousands, tens of thousands of members, all just making the most superficial comments about the people's appearances and about the people on the show and their opinions of the people. There's every post that TLC does about one of these shows uh -huh. gets thousands of reactions. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So anyway, so we're not going to talk about that one. That I think we're going to save for a future episode. Um, but, <laughs> but this I, is part of the whole universe that I've been into. Yeah, I've been I mean these shows, right? And and let me ex and let me explain. So well, some of them you buy like the seasons on on Prime Video. Yeah. Um, others like again TLC now has like their own app for Roku, which we have a Roku. 
uh, and it's TLC Go, and you'll watch a bunch of these shows. Some of them are exclusive to the app, to TLC Go, and you'll watch all of those. Um, and folks, like, uh, as far as, like, do I watch them? It, it depends, okay? <laughs> and sometimes, you know, I just, I have Poor to say, Brian, you know, Stephanie... Really- I, I've got to do. I got to take care of some stuff for the Sovereign Tech listeners. You know, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to be over here. And uh, <laughs> Brian I, is a saint. He gets dragged into watching these things with me. And you know, it's uh, Brian. I appreciate when you do. It's it's really oh, like know. it's really like my junk food. You know, it's like sure. my guilty pleasure. But I think there is a serious reason why I watch these shows, and we're going to talk about that. But before we do, the last one that I've been into lately is called. The Seven Year Switch. Right. Now, this is the one we're going to review. Yeah. Okay. This is what we're actually reviewing. And this has been going for two seasons. Three. Um, three th- seasons. It's three? They're on the third season right now. Oh, holy shit. So we, okay. tonight we were watching oh, season, that was season two. two. We right. haven't even delved into season one I, yet. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I have let's it. Let's not ready. talk about that. Okay. So, <laughs> so uh, season three has been pretty humorous. But anyway, we'll, we'll talk about the show in a second. So this, all right. So this has been going three seasons. Yes. And this is kind of a sequel show to Married at First Sight because one of the three kind of psychologists, psychiatrists, and there's a pastor. Experts. Experts. Yeah, that's, that's the term. One of the, uh, one of the three experts from Married at First Sight is He's also on the seven year switch. It's also on the seven year switch. And yeah. it's kind of the lead. There's two lead people on this, and, mm-hmm. and she's one of the lead people. And uh, what's her name? Jessica Griffin. Jessica, Dr. Dr. Je- Dr. Jessica. Dr. Jessica. Griffin. Okay, so she is a forensic psychologist. She never blinks. I she think she's, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm really not kidding. I think she's CIA. Okay. <laughs> she she kind of has that demeanor. Like she's very analytical. And she, and she never she's blinks. Always, yeah, and she never blinks. And she's always talking about the experiment and yeah. how important this is for the sake of the experiment. Yeah. And it's almost like she's experimenting on these people. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you. Like, I've, I've, I've been around field boys. And she just smacks of one so hard. And I, like, I, I'm, I, I think she's with the company. I'm just, I'm just I'm going to put that I'm going to say what that. would be her mission what would she know, be what would she be doing on she, these shows uh, why would uh, well, they plant her okay. there all right I think these shows are like like this is the opiate for the masses oh it's opiate it's for the masses all right me. that's the whole purpose of reality <laughs> television but it's more than that like I think this is really I mean these are social experiments behavioral experiments yeah being they are I mean yes the people are volunteering very openly into these things but I don't know just how far the, the, I mean I think that this is something I think governments would be very very interested in how can we pair how can we pair up uh, uh, you know you know tax tax chattel mm, okay to create more right tax and, chattel yeah and I I, I personally like I would not be my mind gets wildly conspiratorial with these shows and with her being there uh it gets worse because I I mean really this this is a cold person and I am not saying that because she's a woman I know women get cold oh she's an ice queen oh she's this no 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 this person's cold on a very strange level now because she's in forensics I mean maybe she's seen a whole shit ton of death mm. because that can certainly you know, you I would can see that in so, people's yeah. eyes. Yeah. Okay. You really can when, when somebody's seen a lot of death. And so I want to be empathetic to that, but honestly, I, and, and I mean that, like, I, I really, I think she's CIA. I think she's with the company. So, um, 
We'll anyway, see about that. We may never know, but uh, yeah. So, <laughs> the, but the she's premise... on the seven-year switch. So, yeah. give me the premise for the seven-year switch that we're going to review. So, the premise of the seven-year switch is that you have this idea of the seven-year itch, where couples will be married or be together for around seven years. It, it could be seven, or it could be more or less. You know, give or yeah, take. Yeah, some a few people years. were like only two years, right? But once you're in a long-term relationship for long enough. There, there seems to be this point where a lot of peop- a lot of couples start really getting on each other's nerves. Right. They start fighting more. They, the things that they were initially attracted to about their partner are now just driving them nuts. Yes. And this is sometimes there's some like, you know, infidelity happens around this time for a lot of married couples or sure. some, some married couples. I'm, I won't say a lot, but it's a thing, right? It's a thing that after people have been in a long-term relationship for about that many years, a lot of people start to get restless and they start to think, is this really, do I really want to stay in this relationship? Right. But it's very comfortable at that time and you might have your lives very, very closely intertwined. So what the seven-year switch is, is they have these married couples whose marriages are on the rocks. Yes. Their marriages are very troubled. They're they're on the brink of divorce, basically. Yes. They're doing a last-ditch effort to do what it takes to try to save their marriage, but they're not sure if it can be saved. And so what they do is they find couples that have a certain dynamic. For instance, one one person in the marriage will be very uh, driven and focused on their career and goal-oriented and dominant. And the other partner will be sort of their caretaker, their supporter, doing most of the work around the house, but feeling underappreciated and resentful because they're doing all this work that seems to go unnoticed to support their partner. Yes. They'll, they'll, or, or they'll basically take somebody who's a couple who, who has like a free spirit, somebody who's more kind of fast and loose along with a, more conservative or traditional type of person, a person who's more serious. And sometimes those opposites attract, but then after a while they start to get on each other's nerves. So they'll take couples that have a dynamic like that, and then they will switch the partner with another partner. So for two weeks, the real married couple splits up, and they go live with somebody else's spouse. Yes. And they pair people with an experimental spouse who has the qualities that they think they want in a partner. Yes. That someone who is actually more like them, like themselves. So it's a little confusing, but basically um, somebody like a a person who is really dominant and driven and alpha, like who's in a marriage with a caretaker, they might be split up. The The caretaker might be matched with another experimental spouse who is also a caretaker. Yeah. And the alpha might be, uh, matched with another experimental spouse who is also more of an alpha and more driven. Yeah, which the idea would be is so that you can reflect and see what you're like, what it's like to be in a relationship with you, mm-hmm. you know, for the other person who and, isn't like you. Yeah, and they say it's not about hooking up with the uh, experimental spouse or falling in love with them. It's about seeing if you would like to be married to someone more like them instead of your real spouse. Right. So, and they call it switch therapy. Now, I've never heard of switch therapy other than the show. Yeah, I think they it's talk made about up. it like it's been it's, around yeah, forever. Yeah, they talk about it like it's a thing. Yeah. I've never heard of it, but yeah, they, they, they do. They, they seem to have an established kind of protocol. Right. 
And yeah, so the experimental spouses live together for two weeks, no phones, no computers, no TVs. Yes. Just, they're just supposed to connect with each other. Now, I kind of feel like if you just had two weeks alone with your real spouse with no computers and no phones and no TVs, you might actually you solve might actually, your relationship yeah, problems. Yeah, you might end up connecting You'll a lot start more. start communicating. Yeah. <laughs> Right? But uh, that's what they do with the experimental spouse. They can't talk to their real spouse for the whole two weeks. But they end up, the the psychologists, the experts, visit with the experimental couples, and they talk to them, and then they show them footage of their real spouse with their experimental (laughs) spouse and everybody gets really jealous everybody's like oh my god i can't believe they did that it makes me well because sometimes like these spouses that get paired up with each other Mm -hmm. these alternative spouses yeah are very flirty yeah or like they're very they're they're like very outgoing or something so when you get two outgoing people they can be very touchy touchy and you know whatever else and and so, yeah, it comes off like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're doing these exercises to, like, build intimacy. They right. give them these exercises. They have to look into each other's eyes and tell the other one something they like about each other or something. Right. You know, things like that. They go on road trips together. Uh, so they're doing all these that bonding activities and talking and stuff. And then at some point, the... Uh, like the women meet each other and the men meet each other and they talk about like being married to their spouse. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So this is kind of the idea. And at the end of the two weeks, right, they they get to to go back home to their real spouse and see if they want to stay married to them. Right. Right. Yeah. And they can, I guess, choose. I mean, I don't know if, 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 uh, if uh, I guess that's lifetime, right. That does that show. I don't know. That's not, yeah, I guess it's lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if lifetime, uh, if they like have some kind of fast track to where they can get you divorced, divorced more quickly, you know, uh, they know a good divorce lawyer or two. <laughs> it seems that they do because they, they make the stuff happen fast. Because they create a lot of divorce. Yeah, I think show. so. Um, but now I'm, I'm going to be a little kind with this show. Uh, I don't find this show. It's not as entertaining as 90 day fiance. Again, the original 90 day fiance with Anfisa and all those characters. That's actually 90 day fiance. Happily ever that, after. Right. Well, now it's happily ever after, but they're the original 90 right, day yeah, fiance yeah, I think so. group. Yeah. So anyway, um, I feel like I'm talking about soap operas. <laughs> I mean, they kind of are, but I mean, and that's an important point to bring up too. Like, all reality television is not reality. It's bullshit. It's, uh, in fact, the guy that came up with the concept of reality TV or that copied it from the British, uh, Mark Burnett, he, he specifically said, I never wanted it to be called reality TV. He said, because it never is. It's not. He said it should be called a contrived dramality. That's, that's what, you know, and I, I want to bring that point up because people forget that. So anyway, um, I'll be a little kind with this show. I mean, like it's, it's, Slightly more entertaining than than Married at First Sight for me. Uh, and I think because there is the questioning of marriage going on, like that that makes it a little more appealing to, to myself, to my own sensibilities. Um, there's there's points, though, where there's been some real as compared to in Married at First Sight and in 90 Day Fiance, they don't even bother trying to give anybody any advice. Um, you know, they just let those trains run right off the rails. Uh, the yeah with 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 uh, the seven year switch yeah the seven year switch sometimes there's some dynamite advice getting put out there and there's like a lot of commute like and there's great tools being shown of how to reconnect with or how to start connecting with somebody 
Um, there's some interesting points about communication, which communication is so fucking important. Mm -hmm. And every single one of us can work on communication for the rest of our lives, myself included. Um, I have lots of work to do as far as communication goes. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, like I, I can appreciate that, but at the same time, and certainly when you get to like season three, uh, which I've been watching with you, like it's getting pretty risque and like it doesn't appear to really have much of anything to do with okay how are we going to make these relationships better now it's to the point where it's just like okay can we see can we make it look like they're going to fuck you know and i i mean because like like there's this one point like if you were really here's the thing with this show if you were really making a show that was about how do i um, and by the way, the, the good tools that I heard were more in season two, not in season three. Like I said, season three, I think they're trying to get a little more. So the the one that we were watching earlier tonight was, that season, was season, season two, two just right. to be clear. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So season three that's running now, mm-hmm. um, it seems like they're they're trying to be a lot more dramatic and everything. Because if you were really trying to help people better their relationships, there's a point where this one guy who get a black guy gets paired with a black woman who had a white husband actually right i don't know if he's white yeah he's sorry, i can't he's tell questionably raised he's questionably raised yeah so but the anyway this black guy named charles yeah he like they have him they record him saying and he's not like just saying it flippantly like he's saying it during an interview segment of the show he says about the woman that he got paired with he says, I would be remiss if I didn't get a piece of that chocolate. <laughs> and I'm like, and I mean, and it's funny to hear. And they keep playing it over and over yes. again. Like they just constantly replay. That's why I say they're trying to make it seem like, oh, shit, you got to you got to get past the commercial because they might fuck. And the thing is, if you were trying to, like, actually save a fucking marriage. Right. You would never play. That. You wouldn't play that clip you wouldn't play over that for and a over. Second. Yeah. You, you, in fact, you would shake the guy saying, dude, you're trying to save your marriage. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> You know, and, and so yes. that's what's more important: getting the chocolate or your marriage. Ratings are the most important, right? <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, right. that's what this is really all about. Like, there is no, and and that's that's where this show for me, like, I'll give it the credit where a little bit is due, but I haven't seen in season three, I haven't seen a second where I thought that there was something helpful going on throughout the entirety of season three. It's just constantly like, oh, are they gonna fuck? Or are they going to fuck or are they going to fight is like because, oh, this husband met the other, the real husband. And he's like, oh, if I see him, I'm going to knock him out. Yeah, I'm going to punch him right in the face, you know, or something like that. And it's just like, (laughs) what the hell? You know, like this has nothing to do with rescuing relationships. This is completely this is totally contrived reality. This is completely about just creating fucking drama. And you wonder, too, like what the producers are asking, like, because in reality TV, they have like the footage of like the people going about their day. And that's sort of like third person view, you know, but then they cut into interviews with the people about what was happening in the clips. Yeah. And. You don't usually hear the producer asking them a question. Yeah. But obviously what they're saying is responding to a question that the producer asked them off camera. Right. You know? And so they'll probably say, like, what were you thinking at this moment? Yeah. Or what was going through your head at this time when you did this? Yeah. Um, And then, you know, you'll get an answer like, I was thinking I would be remiss if I didn't get some of that chocolate. Yeah. (laughs) And then they take it out of context. And then they're like, 
And then he's probably like, but no, they asked me that question. They painted me into a corner. They, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's so nuts. Yeah. It, like, it, it's just, there's no, again, there's no reality here. Okay. And like I said, in season two, I saw some things like some great advice was being laid out. There was some great tools being described. Great points about communication getting talked about. But like season three. There's none of that. Like, I mean, they're pretending that there is, but not not really. And it all feels like, especially when they go to, what, what's her name again, CIA? Je- Dr. Jessica. Dr. Jessica. When they, like, go to Dr. Jessica, like, when they go to her and just kind of interview her, it's so, it's, it smells like gorillas in the mist. You know, like, it smells like... What do gorillas in the mist smell no, like, well, exactly? I, I mean, as in, like, it smells like an experiment. It's, or, I mean, not yeah. just an experiment. Yeah, it smells right. of, like, these are rats in a cage. Right. That's the way she's talking about the people, as though they're subjects in an experiment. Exactly. Yeah, that's and right. it's fucking creepy. Yeah, that's a little creepy. Yeah, and, 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 and the problem is, is I want to say, well, you know, hopefully people realize this, and they don't fall for it, you know? And, and, and I'm not saying that to offend you in any way, Stephanie. I'm just saying, like... But it's three seasons deep, and based upon what you tell me happens on Facebook and wherever else, and Twitter's got to be a fucking mess oh, with this yeah. stuff. People really buy into this shit, and, oh, they're, like, and they've yeah, got they're nuts for it. They have opinions to share. They, I mean, they are just ready to tell you, you know, about what that person should be doing yeah. and everything. And I'm like, wait a, minute, right. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you've got relationships like so licked. All right, I don't want to say this. <laughs> I just you can't possibly be watching this for relationship advice. I mean, you just like you really you really can't. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not going to say it. it it's so crazy. well, you can't be watching it thinking you know better than them because you don't. You know, <laughs> well, I, you can't uh, be watching it telling thinking that you have you have all the answers to these other people's problems, right? Yeah, I. The, yeah, there's there's just something I don't know. There's just something because off about it. I'm, I want to say that because I'm not watching it for relationship advice, but I think that I'm interested in watching these shows because it does help me learn about relationships in a way. It brings up issues about communication in relationships, about relationship dynamics, about how do you handle conflict that I find really interesting and I learn something from it. No one else is watching it for that reason. Like I, I just, I, I mean, I'm not saying you don't, I'll tell you, I think there's a couple other reasons that you watch these shows. Okay. Why else do you think I watch one it? is, and I think this is, I don't think you disagree with this. One is because it's something you can kind of half watch. So like you can, you can be cooking or working on something. Yeah. While that's on in the background. And this whole idea of just having something on in the background is kind of a, it's not new, but it's something that's being explored uh, by, by researchers, which maybe they'll do a reality show about it. I don't know. But uh, the other reason I think that you're kind of into it, and this is just a bit of a hunch. I don't have the same appeal, uh, same draw to it because of this. But I think uh, I'm going to put this this way. I, it's, it sounds harsher than it is towards both of us. So, so I'm not just saying about you. I think we, we navel gaze perhaps so much or we're so insular. We don't know what normal people are like anymore. <laughs> and so like, we, we, you know, you kind of watch these shows and we go, oh, that's what people are like. Yeah. Oh, right. Forget about leaving the house. It was, yeah. you know, it was just a pipe dream. It doesn't seem that great now. No, no, no. It's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, this, this is what people do. Oh, look, normal people. Okay. 
Anyway, that's yeah. that's the other part. Yeah, there's an element of that, I think. I mean, yeah. Even though I don't think these people are necessarily normal. These no. are not salt-of-the-earth people. No. These people are prima donnas, you know, 15-minute of fame, uh, you know, wankers. I mean, it's really, yeah, anyway. I, I think if you, I, I absolutely would not want to put, I mean, we put our relationship out there enough as it is, you know, when we're doing shows like this yeah. and whatever else. But admittedly, we feel a lot more comfortable when we're doing it behind the Patreon paywall than we are when we're doing it on Sex and Science Hour or oh, on Sovereign Tech Prime. absolutely. Yeah, we don't just want to be gawked at. We don't just want attention, you know. Well, that's the thing, is that I think most sane people don't put their relationship on fucking display for millions of people to watch. Talk about a stress to a relationship. I mean, what are you doing? Oh, You're my gonna, God, the like, pressure. You, you literally agreed to have cameras follow you around? Yeah, and then interview you about whether you had sex and whether how good oh. it was. <laughs> like, that's the thing I'm married at first sight. They'll ask the couples, did you have sex yet? Did you right. consummate the marriage? That's what they use. Did you consummate the marriage yet? And then if they don't do it by a certain time, they're like, well, there's no timeline. But don't you think it's a little bit unusual that you haven't done it yet? You know, just let things happen naturally. But by the way, did you do it yet? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, it's so... It gives you such... I mean, and, and, you know, I know this is kind of an old trope uh, or an old idea. Like, the idea that this is getting transmitted into space, you know, not not even inadvertently, and that, that aliens, not that I think aliens have ever been to Earth, and I'm glad, you know, if they saw this, you know, just be like, what the hell are these people doing? You know, because especially since this is getting schlepped off as reality, you know, that this is how it is. These are real people. And, you know, I'm human. I am one of them. I can't believe it, but I am one of them. And I look upon it and I go, we're fucked. Like, right. this is, we're never going to get anywhere. This is not going to get any better. So why do you think that? Is, is it because of the people who watch these shows or the people on these shows? Everything. It's, in fact, the most egregious are the producers themselves, are the networks themselves, and this is actually becoming a really big problem because there's other shows that we're not even talking about that I dare not watch. I, I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, like, me too. And, and there's one that's, what is it? It's about a 17-year-old girl. Uh, it's called Unexpected. It's about pregnant teenagers. Yeah. And these fucking networks are exploiting these children. It's so exploitative. It's so exploitative. Like, that's the problem, is that a lot of this reality TV is getting to the point of absolute exploitation yeah. of very, very unfortunate and traumatic circumstances. Um, I'm sorry, this doesn't, this doesn't need to be on TV. This shouldn't be on display. You shouldn't be making a fucking dollar off of this unless every ounce, every, every penny you were making was going off to some kind of charity yeah that was well vetted and we knew that the money was fucking going where it needed to to right. maybe help uh, uh teen pregnancies yeah how about because of sex rape education some or something yeah, or sex or, education yeah it's they are the worst they are the absolute worst human beings perhaps on the planet um i i, I mean like the people i think the people that produce these shows i mean not all of them not all the shows. Some are better than others. But a lot of these shows are, are the absolute scum of the earth. You know, they, they are so exploitative. And especially now that it's it's gotten to children. Yeah, I mean, you could say 17-year-old's an adult. Well, 
that that sword swings a couple ways. Yeah, but what about the kid, the unborn child who sure. didn't fucking consent to that and can't? Not at all. And it's just fuck that, you know, like that. That is that is so bad. And that and so that's why I feel like. And the fact that I don't hear anybody else raging against the machine, you know, and saying how dare you put that on TV. You know, I mean, I just don't hear from them. And they, I, I don't know, may, maybe that's like the silent majority or something. And maybe that's what's out there. And I shouldn't feel so, so such a pending sense of doom. Um, but I mean, it's really bad that that's, that's, that's successful. And these things get multiple seasons. I know they're cheap to make and you got to fill airtime, you know, no, no network is allowed to not be anything less than 24 seven today, but yeah, it, it, that, that's, that's why I feel like it's it's just doomed and and in reality i mean it's ironic because i think that there's like in particular like married with first sight or even seven year switch which is about marriage Mm -hmm. okay there's there seems to be as much um media stories and whatever else getting out there saying hey you know marriage maybe marriage is like just this ancient institution that has no business in our modern world as there is stuff like this that is honestly bringing bringing back all the ancient aspects of this institution into the modern world and trying to make it relevant, like arranged marriages and so on. Um, <sighs> See, I think I actually have a little bit of a different perspective please, on Married at First Sight. Please, yeah. I actually think it kind of makes a mockery of marriage <laughs> because... Oh, I think yeah. if, you, if you see it that way, it does, yes. Right, yeah. because it's like... Wow. Okay. It shows that it's not about love. Right. It shows that it's a contract. Yep. And that divorce is the only way out. Yeah. And know? that you're reliant upon social shaming. Right. And like this, this sense of uh, obligation to stay in love, which that makes no sense. That's right. And it show it also shows that it can only work if you put in the work and if you're committed to it. Right. All relationships are like that. And people don't want to do any work anymore. I don't know. It's just like... <laughs> I think people do give up too easily and uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hear you. It, it shows that you have to do the work to make it work. Yes. Yeah. And you shouldn't, and it's okay to do the work, but you shouldn't need to have some kind of contractual obligation, you know, to, to necessarily right. do that work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, seven-year switch, like, I don't know where the hell this switch therapy came from. I suppose I could have done some research before we recorded the show. Mm. We happen to be watching it tonight, so I thought it'd be interesting, to, you know, to talk about it here. Well, that one definitely breaks, it It does all these taboo things that are taboo in marriage. Yeah. Switching partners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking off true. your ring, you know. <laughs> that's true. That's pretty unconventional. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, what I saw in season two was was far more palatable and maybe even remotely useful. It might even be remotely useful compared to like where season three just seems like, you know, just a dumpster fire. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, like they're doing the craziest things. Like there's that guy, Charles, again, and, and the gal that he's he gets switched with. Uh, you know, she's like, do you like to be in charge? Charles, oh, yeah. you know, and like, <laughs> I mean, it's just what the hell are you putting? I. I, I, <laughs> You're speechless. I just can't. You know, it's 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 so crazy, and 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 I know that that's part of the appeal too is watching the dumpster fire. It's like you know, watching the train wreck. It's like wow, this is 
you know, I, I can't take my eyes away because it's just so horrendous. Mm. And yeah. So anyway, this is a huge, this, this whole relationship reality TV show thing. I mean, this isn't singled out anymore. Like this isn't the show singled out, you know, we're, we're well, well beyond anything like that. The sure as hell isn't, you know, Chuck, uh, Chuck Woolery, you know, doing uh, love connection or anything like, like those, those, in fact, it's it's funny. Like I think people you go watch that. Go watch old Chuck on the Love Connection and compare it to these shows, and you're just gonna go, well, "Where did we go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> what did we do? Someone get Chuck back?" <laughs> you know. I mean, and and I know there's been other shows. I I can't remember the name of it, but Roger Lodge was like hosting it. Uh, that was all about. It was almost kind of like The Bachelor, or The Bachelorette. But you know, here's the thing. In fact, speaking of that, there's a beautiful. We went. You and I. Um, and we were actually, we were hanging out with MK Lords. We went to Boston. We went to a comedy festival and Wanda Sykes was one of the headliners. Mm -hmm. One of the, I guess we saw Wanda. Yeah. uh, She was great. Yeah. She's hilarious. And she had a, a she had a point where she said, you know, I want to say this. She says, we can't have a world with the bachelorette and hashtag me too at the same time. Mm. Like that doesn't work. You can't have both. Because one is absolutely antithetical to the other. And I think that's kind of the funny thing, is that I, I feel like very much these are very Bachelorette-esque. No, The Bachelor, not or, The Bachelor. Or The Bachelor, whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah, The Bachelor. Thank you. But these are very Bachelor-esque shows, you know. And you can't... It's very hard to garner respect when, you know, you're slapping yourself out there like this on these reality TV shows. It, it's, it, I'm not very hopeful when I watch them, <laughs> but, but you can leave us with a message of hope, Stephanie, like, like, like give me, or what, what, what more do you have to say about the shows? Well, I mean, I actually think they, that they, a lot of the people on married at first sight, at least they end up having their illusions about marriage shattered. That's true. They learn what it That's really is. That they is a get, reality check. Yeah, that is a reality check. They drop their, their they drop their preconceived notions of what it is and replace it with uh, what the reality actually is. Sure. And uh, I think that is, that is a hopeful message. Showing people that it's not this idealized... Ver- you're not going to find that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to yeah. find the fairy tale. It's This is real life. It's not a fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even when somebody kind of like really fixes you up using algorithms and whatever else and, and to not even get down that story. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. With 90 Day Fiance, I think, um, you know, it's it's very interesting. Some of the marriages obviously are complete dumpster fires. Some of them work out. Uh, some of the relationships work out. And I think that's that's great to show that love can exist across cultures across borders even across languages in some cases Mm -hmm. and they find ways to work it out and i think that's very interesting um so that's the hopeful message there and the seven-year switch i think that's great i mean it's just breaking all kinds of norms and it shows you that you know maybe you don't want to take your partner for granted right yeah or maybe you want to leave your partner (laughs) yeah 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 no i mean sure and like in season two, again, uh, season three, different story. But in season two, there's a point where a woman, you know, just breaks down and says, life's too short to not just try to be happy yeah, at all times. And I'm right. like, fuck yes. Absolutely. I don't know how they let that slip. Yeah. Maybe that's why they had to do a complete turnaround with season three, because, you know, letting out a little too much truth. There, there. was something similar said on season three. And and the person 
uh, the person's real husband saw that footage of it. Yeah. And he got pissed. Oh, yeah. He was so yeah. mad. It See? set him off. Happiness. That is against the patriarchy. You don't want to make people happy. Anyway, uh, no. <laughs> there you go. I just lost patrons after saying that last line. Um, but anyway. The, Bye-bye. I, I mean, I will say, when I watch this show, and, like, you know, a guy says something like that, like, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't get some of that chocolate. I'm, my response is, yeah, do it. Go. You know, go for it. Like, what the hell? You know, and all these people are like, oh, wow, I'm feeling really attractive. Okay, well, fuck them. You know, like, make it happen. Well, I I don't know about that. I mean, I think that's kind of short-sighted. It's not taking into account how their partner would feel about it. No, it's well. You're right. It's not. But that'd be I'm, really hurtful to their partner, probably. It would. It would. But I'm just saying that, like, these people are already on the rocks. Just let it go. You know, like, really, just let it go. And I, well, that's why they're doing the experiment to see if they want to let it go or to see if they want to work on it. Yeah. Make some changes. Yeah. <laughs> they need help figuring that out, Brian. Yeah. Don't you want to watch them figure it out? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, I we, do. We could be watching Star Trek. We've <laughs> watched Star Trek several times. We've so watched much. every single Star Trek. Okay. Well, I'm always well, up. All right, hold on. How many times do you watch an episode of, of Married at First Sight? Like one episode. The <laughs> uh, same episode. How many bleed times? The fifth on that one. You bleed the, I, yeah. Sometimes I watch them multiple times because I'm half watching them in the back. No, I know. I know. And that, I think that's the real appeal here. You know, with 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 this sort of thing is that it's kind of entertaining, yeah. but you don't have to spend, all, you know. Yeah, the, that's right. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm just being so an ass when I watch these Humanity may be doomed, but uh, I'm very entertained in the meantime. I'm fiddling while Rome burns. Yeah. <laughs> Bravo. So uh, anything <laughs> you, else? Go ahead. I would like to hear. OK. If anybody else watches these shows in our audience and I have a feeling they don't. But if you know anybody who watches these shows or if you watch these shows and you want to talk about them, yeah. um, I would be interested in talking about them. <laughs> How so? I don't know. Just if you want to talk about any of the issues that come up or did you, you want see- them to reach out to you or? Well, yeah. Or they could send a question to the show or something. Oh, like sure. That. Yeah. yeah. You can email BBS at SovereignTech.com if yeah. you want. And we will talk about a relationship rhombus. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So anyway. At some point, we'll review 90 Day Fiance, and I'm a little kinder with that show uh, for a few Why reasons. do you like that show better? Well, one of the things, like the women in it generally don't take any shit mm. and good. You know, like, I mean, they, they, they let these losers fucking have it. And, and I, I enjoy seeing that kind of happen. Um, and there's, there's some like real comedy and you're following a bunch of different couples. Yeah. And so, there's like six couples. Yeah. Or there's. Right. There's a little more of a dyna- uh, more di- uh, it's more dynamic yeah. because of that. And also, like, just some of the stuff that happens on there is so unbelievable. Like, <laughs> you're just watching it. You're just listening to these people. And 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 it's what's what's amazing is they know they're on camera. <laughs> they know they're getting recorded. Yeah. Somebody again. The producers are the worst people on on. They're the scum of the earth. Yeah. Oh, they stir the shit. Yeah. They know. They still do bullshit. <laughs> they will lie right to their. He's talking partner. about the guy that lied on camera. Like, they, so this one guy. 
he was name's going to a divorce attorney to try to see if he could divorce his wife. And then a little bit later... He gets back together with her. There, he was on camera going to the divorce attorney. Yeah, and they talking filmed, to They him. had footage of it. Yeah. It was on the show. he's smiling about it. Yeah, he's smiling about it yeah. in their office, thinking about the payback he's going to give her. And then they're on camera together. They decide to work on their relationship or something. They're on camera together, and the producer asks... So, when was the last time you saw your sister? Was that when you went to the divorce attorney? And the wife is like, what? You went to a divorce attorney? I didn't know about that. And he's like, baby, no, what are you talking about? They they don't know what they're talking I didn't go to any divorce attorney. Yeah, he just straight up lies. He straight up lies. They had him on camera. And, like, he knows they have the footage. He knows <laughs> yeah. the camera crew's there. He remembers. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's so, like, mind-numbing. Like, how do you do that? Like, yeah. how, how do you... Yeah. And and there's there's other things too uh, that it, it's just it's shocking it, you know where you go like no there's there's no way he's going to do that and then they do it you know and and and, and it's, you can't you can't not watch it you know and and just be in yeah, awe that's of, right. of of the the rampant stupidity and the <laughs> things are about to get a little bit more stupider and that is a direct quote <laughs> that from that is, fucking show yes. <laughs> it is things are about to get a whole lot more stupider no a little bit more a little bit more yeah. stupider yeah <laughs> unbelievable so we'll review that show uh in a future relationship <laughs> rhombus or maybe even on sovereign tech prime we'll see uh but because there's a lot to say about that there's a lot to say about it so, all right, um, Stephanie, unless you have anything else you want to add, if you're pleased with how all this went, we'll, we'll wrap this yeah, one up. Yeah, no, that was a good discussion. All right. Yeah. So uh, that's it for the Relationship Rhombus for August uh, 2018. Of course, there are still more episodes for Patreon for patrons only to come out for August, even though I know there's only a few days left of the month. I tell you, it's amazing. There's going to be one every day. Uh, and, uh, well, anyway, I will, S- Stephanie, of course, thank you again. And uh, this Thank is always you, so Brian. much fun. This was so much fun. Yeah. And uh, I will see all of you woo, on the other side. <laughs> <laughs>